What if your next cloud project could lead to climate resilient housing? Join Fannie Mae. Use emerging tech. Solve better problems like helping the housing industry address rising flood risk. Find tech jobs with impact at fannymae.com/tech. Hi there. I'm Adam Kibas and this is my novel Life Choices. Frederick Malhelm is standing in queue. He looks at the Cass Thomas. He looks at Mr. O'Reilly. He is the one who is running this little shop. It's the it's one of the few in this corner. High security. However, Frederick has been coming here for years. He knows to find their way around him. He knows whenever he bought his booze how to avoid being searched thoroughly. And he knows that Mr. O'Reilly has a lot of money, that Mr. O'Reilly does not trust the banks and rather keeps his money in a safe deposit under his pillow. Frederick Malham is watching Mr. O'Reilly. He wants to get back what he deserves. He's out of his mind. He has lost it. And despite the fact that he always considered Mr. O'Reilly as a friend, as a close friend who would occasionally give him the booze for free if he did not have enough money, this Mr. O'Reilly would have to endure his wrath a lot of things have happened. And in this new world, and Frederick was sure of it, in this new world, there are no friends. There are not people who take, take care of themselves. No, this is a world where the strongest survives, survives survival of the fittest. And Frederick wants to make amends. He is sure that he was betrayed, he was lost behind, a lost child, a lost child of a society which has, according to him, not a heart, just just is deceptive parents who do not take care of their children. And he assumes that Mr. O'Reilly, even though he does not know it, may have a child or two. He does not care, take care of. He lives here carefree as much as Frederick knows or so far as as Frederick knows Mr. O'Reilly does not have any children at least he did not see Mr. O'Reilly with any children nor with a wife and he imagines Mr. O'Reilly as a villain as a depraved man who has sex randomly with everyone who, who comes his way, who crosses his path. And he is sure that one of one or two of these children who have been left behind right now at this very moment where he stands in queue in the market in this small shop of Mr. O'Reilly, that this very child, that this very children of Mr. O'Reilly are 
thinking right at this very moment how unfair life actually is, how they have been betrayed of life and robbed of all their fortunes. And Frederick, even though he does not know it and he has no imagination of it, imagines that Mr. O'Reilly probably lives in considerable wealth. He has a shop. He can eat whatever he wants. This is how Frederick imagines. He does not see it from the angle and from the perspective that you have to sell your goods, that you cannot consume your own products. And even shop owners who struggle to make ends meet, they rather refrain from, cons from consuming too much of their own good. However, Frederick does not care for Frederick. One thing is sure that Mr. O'Reilly, he has it all and he has to nourish his conscience. He has to be convinced that he is actually doing the right thing, that he goes against a friend, someone he fought up to now as a good friend. And then it is Frederick's turn. Mr. O'Reilly looks at him. They know each other. And Mr. O'Reilly greets Frederick amicably. Doesn't know, he doesn't know that Frederick wants to step, step his throat. Doesn't know that Frederick has made up his mind to kill him, stab him multiple times to vent his anger. And Mr. O'Reilly, not knowing, smiles at him, engages him, asks him how he's doing. Because Mr. O'Reilly truly feels compassion for all those homeless people. Because he knows that he himself almost would have landed on the street if it weren't for people who took care of him. And Mr. O'Reilly assumes that in order to succeed in life, you need to have a big grain of luck. And it all comes, and sometimes it all comes down to luck. Therefore, Mr. O'Reilly not only thinks that it comes to luck, but as well as that your luck can wane every time. Today you are on top. Today you can sell your products. Today you, or this month you are able to make ends meet. But the next month is a whole different story. And Mr. O'Reilly surreptitiously fears of course whenever he sees one of these homeless guys, one of these poor souls, as he calls him, that he could actually land on the street as well, that he could be one of them. And for a fact, Mr. O'Reilly rather feels compassion with himself because he imagines when he is good and treats those homeless people favorably that in a way this or fate would really 
pay him some sort of an investment he bestows on the homeless or on his conscience so that one day if he needs that one day if he needs God's help that he can in a way refer to it look talk to the angels see I have donated money I have given to those who need it to the to the needy I have given to those who who were lost who were this Bread. Therefore, I should be spared some severe punishment. And for Mr. O'Reilly, the worst thing that could happen is actually that he lands on the streets, that he has no home and has nowhere to go. So, Mr. O'Reilly greets Frederick amicably. Hi, what are you doing? And he, some sort of... of, of Course, Mr. O'Reilly thinks that drinking alcohol, this is what many homeless are prone to, or giving into drugs, that this would be worse and that this is harmful. But however, Mr. O'Reilly condones it because he assumes that being homeless is probably one of the worst fates one could or must endure and in that way it makes sense that people lose their minds that people lose any strength to society because it is hard to us that's why even though he gives these homeless man cheaply alcohol alcohol what other people wouldn't drink but rather would use for cooking or anything else so this cheap stuff he can do away with it since he buys it very cheaply and in this neighborhood not many people use alcohol for making food however but when Frederick stands in front of him and Mr. O'Reilly perceives that something is wrong Frederick does not respond Frederick is seems to be in a different dimension his mind seems to have seems to have run stray and Mr. O'Reilly is for moments confused is he drugged is he high what does he want not knowing of course that Frederick is struggling with himself whether he should go through it whether he should kill the one man the one person who did good in his worldview or who always treated him favorably even though he sold him booze very cheaply what is wrong asks Mr. O'Reilly Frederick Frederick is not responsive he has almost tears in his eyes because now before his deed, 
before his walk to action. Some sort of, in a way, all his life emerged in front of him, as if he would see his life in a different way, in a different perspective. All its disappointment. And for the first time, Frederick, in a way, perceives that it was maybe his own fault. It was maybe his own choices which led to here and which led to the inevitable. And in a way, he cannot explain where and how some sort of something inside him doesn't want to do this. Something inside him seems to deter him from stabbing this man, from killing him. And again, Frederick had not f thought things through. He only wanted to vent his anger. He only wanted to do something, kill something. He kept thinking of Duncan. He kept thinking of what Jason told him. He kept thinking about the girls and women and all this luck, la, the luck and favor of love he always missed. He actually had never met a woman. He had never been with a woman and all this comes up now and he thinks about it in a, a great deal and something inside him seems to give him strength, strength to continue because he assumes that this action, that he may not get away with it, that if he kills Mr. O'Reilly, even though it he feels, even though people might assume that he has been possessed by a devil, that this would lead to nowhere, that he probably would not be able to escape to somewhere. And even though he had no home to escape to, even though he had no place, he, he lives in the outskirts, he's homeless, he thought that he would surrender, surrender this hope, hope of idea, this hope for the future. And that when he steps, Mr. O'Reilly, that there would not be a way back and that he could not do what he has promised himself that he would accomplish one day. And these thoughts, despite the fact that he had given up on them, those ideas for the future, that one day he will overcome, they now seems to be palpable. They seems to be in the reach again and that he only needs to persevere. He only needs to prevail over his weakness. He only needs to continue because he has struggled so long. This is, of course, the fault of a gambler. He has lost so much, like a gambler who loses and loses, but then he thinks, I had so much bad luck, this bad fortune, this 
can't be because God is in a way just. And am I not a just man? Am I not a decent human being? Did I ever wrong someone? This hope that the universe would in a way or another pay back all the struggles he has endured. This thought still per persists in Frederick. And he thinks that if he kills Mr. O'Reilly now, then everything could be lost. There could be no way back anymore. And he would lose this uh, probable favorable outcome by the universe, by God, or whatever you have. Because he still thinks, Frederick still thinks that he is actually the victim, the victim of, of society, of everything that went wrong with society. And now if he would become a murder, murderer, if he would become a killer, then all would be lost. All would have been in vain. And he probably wouldn't even get away with it. Because look around you. There is no way out here. So Frederick is in trouble. He's struggling with himself. Because even though he sees another day, even though he... he does not kill Mr. O'Reilly. What will happen? How long should he wait? When will universe and life will pay, pay him back? When will he meet his true parents? When all his sacrifices will double tenfold? This is, he, this is what he still assumes. And Mr. O'Reilly assumes he's calm. He assumes that Frederick was probably hit by something. Something ha has happened because occasionally some high school students, some well-off people make fun of homeless people, beat them up, steal their or whatever you have just just to to destroy people just to humiliate them and Mr. O'Reilly assumes that something like that happened to Frederick probably one of those high, high school or college students they thought it's funny to destroy them tent or the home or whatever you have from a homeless person and he feels compassion for Frederick of course he assumes yeah, what would have happened if, if this would have happened to him how would he have reacted if these people would have stolen and destroyed of his, um, his property what would happen how would he feel if one day he becomes homeless and they make fun of him. And Mr. O'Reilly was sure that society is just cruel. Society is just the 
brave. They don't have compassion for anyone. They don't have compassion for man or, or so on. So he felt some sort of a closeness to Frederick, even though he only saw himself in, in Frederick, his possible outcome, this warm home, even though the shop, even though this small shop doesn't make money or much money and he's struggling to make ends meet. However, he still, and some days he's mad about it, that he cannot live this fine life everyone assumes and everyone placates and propagates on TV and social media. He cannot partake on it. It is far away beyond his comprehension and beyond his reach and in these moments he's out of his mind. In these moments he wants that his life turn out better but then well, when he sees all those homeless people he some sort of reconsiders this is how I could end this is what could happen to me and he thinks what would he need what would be for him a cure a cure of this world pain pain of his circumstances what would happen if he would have lost the little he had. And he imagines that the only thing one can do there and right there is to forget, to leave these things behind, back, and just close one's eyes and imagine a better world. Because Mr. O'Reilly was already in his fifties. This meant he did not think about the future anymore. He did not think about him becoming a wealthy old man and living like a king. No, he imagined the past. He imagined his glorious past where he might have changed his fate, where he might have changed how life had turned out when he would have walked or taken different turns on crossroads. For Mr. O'Reilly, the past is what keeps him up, these illusions that he could have lived. For him, any future or any future prospect is nothing favorable. It is rather dire and dreary because the f future holds nothing but retirement, isolation and the life of a hermit. There is nothing he can hope for. So he imagines the only thing one can do therefore is just to forget, to ease the pain to lick one's wounds and this is and therefore one needs to switch off remember the past remember who once was once remember what one has 
accomplished. And these things are necessary to go through to accomplish something, to be someone. And for this, people need drugs because they are the only things according to Mr. O'Reilly to help you to forget, to help you to create these illusions, illusions in your mind where you live in a world beyond. And he thinks that he understands Frederick, despite the fact Frederick does not answer, Frederick does not responds. He assumes that something happened and therefore he catches or gets one of these packages, those wrapped up packages of wine, wine that people use for cooking and that is cheap. He gets one of them and hands it over to Frederick. He does not respond or he does not say anything, utter anything, because he assumes that you cannot in a way soothe someone. You, Mr. O'Reilly assumes that someone who has lost everything, who does not have anything in this world anymore, no words can soothe them, nothing can help them. You cannot talk away his pain. You cannot smooth talk him after he has, he has lost everything, that his life has meaning at all, that his life can go somewhere or that he can accomplish something, not at all. So the only thing he can do is to forget and forget without words, forget the here and now. And Mr. O'Reilly hands him over the wine package. He looks at Frederick, he stares deep in his eyes. He wants to convey to Frederick that he understands him, that he understands the pain and what he goes through. He would feel the same when he has lost everything. And for a fact, Frederick has lost everything. At least he feels that he lost everything because Frederick has lost something that is very dear, not a possession, not something you can find everywhere because as a homeless person you will find a new trash people throw stuff away every time no the most precious thing that you can leave or lose is your belief your belief in the future your hope your comfort that one day this will all end this is what he lost And indeed, he was robbed of something bad. This someone, this some person, despite the fact that Frederick kept reiterating that it was society, society alone, which is the cause for his misery. Nevertheless, this someone, this person who has 
robbed him, who has deceived him of everything, has a face. This is James Duncan. He imagines this black boy. He, of course, does not know how he really looks like. But he imagines that he is one of these black fucks he has met along. Those drug hustlers who look down on him, who make fun of him, who deride him and who over and who sometimes give him instead of drugs just baby puder. He imagines that this James Duncan is one of these people, has one of these faces who laughs at them, undermines them, diminishes him, and he imagines how, and this makes life even more unfair, because even though Frederick feels humiliated by these drug hustlers, even though they make fun of him every time he buys drug at them, he has to return. They are the only ones who pay him drugs. They are the only ones who help him to forget who can give him the remedy for world sickness, the remedy for the unbearable side of reality, the remedy for a faint heart. So Frederick always felt drawn to them, drawn but out of a need and that he cannot avoid it, that he cannot overcome it. And now this face has become the face of society. And the only thing Frederick can do at least, this is what he assumes is, he can just stare back blindly. He just can stare to the society that they can do with him whatever they want. This face, this, this someone beyond his comprehension who did or apparently did not do the same mistakes, who did not commit the same mistakes, who did not make stupid mistakes. This person seems to have it all. And now, and he has to see this James Duncan, this someone beyond his comprehension and beyond his reach as the villain, because James Duncan, in a way, forces him, forces him to look on his life, to look at the choices he made and the wrong choices he made, and he forces him to engage in his life from a different angle and watches and has to analyze and has to face what has probably went wrong with his life, this James Duncan. The, his willing is nothing but someone who shows him, shows him in a very 
painful way that he actually could have done otherwise, that he could have seen the world differently. And this is the more painful for Frederick because then his reality becomes even more dire and dreary because now he has to face something he had denied for so long and this is his own fault, his own guilt that he himself has put himself in this crossroad, in this difficult situation and he gets desperate, enraged because he is mad at himself as well and out of a deep slumber, out of this trouble, he awakes, he looks at Mr. M Mr. O'Reilly, he looks at the package of wine, packed wine, he had been, Frederick had been drinking for so long because it's the booze as well as the taste of his life. He does not comprehend Frederick, doesn't know, does not know how he came here, does not understand why he is here, what is he doing here, and he just, uh, just looks at Mr. O'Reilly, who now speaks to him. It's all fine. It's good. It's on the house. Go ahead. Take it. And in this moment, in this in this thoughtful, deeply troubling moment, Frederick again gains hope, again, again gains the hope and the belief that there is something good in society because he gotten something. He has gotten something. People actually gave him a present. Even though Frederick does not see that this booze, what is alcohol, what he got is actually harmful. That this is not a gift but a poison and this and that it will lead to his fall. However, Frederick takes the package appreciatively. He thanks Mr. O'Reilly and leaves the shop.